0: What are we talking about? Right, 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 and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Corn pot was a bad dude. Whoa! Corn pot was a bad dude. Whoa! Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is the Truth Box, producer Juice, holding things down for us as usual. Hey, my man Juice, what do you get to say to the people out there in the Right and Wrong audience today? We are at the crossroads, and the roads we take now will determine whether we will live in the 21st century as nation-state republics or subjugated, called, and dehumanized crop of slaves. We are fighting a combined effort of some of the most brilliant people in history who scheme against us for the purposes of possessing us. But the human will is immortal. Tyrants have killed millions, and yet people fought and eventually won their freedom. Freedom stirs the human heart, And fear stills it. Amidst the deafening cacophony of patriotic silence, insurgent voices command attention. Immortality has its moral basis in truth and incorruptibility. It deserves to be given all the support that it can get. It deserves to be fought and died for. USA. 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 That a boy juice. Great job as usual. That got me all fired up. Um, I hope you guys out there are fired up as well. We have a great, great show for you lined up today. We're going to get into the old classified document handling by uh, President Unity, Joe Biden. We're also going to talk about the story in the NHL of a player refusing to go woke with a pride celebration during their warm ups, And we will drop in and see what's going on in the World Economic Forum they're hosted by Bond villain Klaus Schwab. We'll see what they're up to these days. And then we, uh, at the end of the show, have a phenomenal come on, man, for you guys. I know you're going to love that. We're going to go to the late night TV circuit and pull up a little clip from Mr. Jimmy Fallon uh, that is definitely, definitely, definitely pretty cringeworthy, so stick around for that. Um, at this point, I would like to remind you guys to please subscribe to the show, give us a like, five-star review, anywhere you listen to us, and please, 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 just tell a friend about the show as well. Share us around and, uh, help us spread the word. Well, I guess that kind of covers everything here, so without any further ado, let's welcome in our good friend, Mr. Rick Flair, because it is showtime, baby! Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 I'm sure this comes as no surprise to y'all out there in the right and wrong audience, but I tend to get a little obsessive when it comes to things that interest me. Lucky for me, you've provided an outlet to flesh out and expand on those obsessions. So for that, I say thank you. The focus of today is going to be about the show The Chosen. I might be a little late to the game here because it's currently in its third season, but I binged the first and second season pretty quickly, and I'm now on to season number three. The show's about the life of Jesus through the eyes of the everyday people he interacted with and through the people he chose to follow him. The show's great. Highly recommend it. Religious entertainment can most definitely be a hit or a miss, but this one, guys, is a big-time hit. The guy who plays Jesus is just top-notch. The theme within The Chosen that stands out the most to me is the question of how you would react to meeting the Messiah, the Son of Man himself. What would you say to him? Would you believe him? What if this man who claims to be the Messiah asked you to drop everything and to follow him while he embarks on his mission to spread the word of God? I thought this was an interesting question for each of us to consider in our own lives. You're probably thinking that my analogy is not, you know, relatable today. You're thinking that, you know, in one breath, I'm talking about Jesus of Nazareth asking his future apostles to follow him. Then in the next breath, I'm asking what you, Mark the plumber who lives in Fall River, would do if Jesus asked you to follow him. You know, I'm having trouble kind of seeing the connection here. Well, I would argue to you, yes, this is absolutely happening to us today. I understand that it might not be as obvious as Jesus, the man, looking into your eyes and asking you to follow him. But Jesus is still asking you to follow him right now. We just need to open our eyes in order to see him. In the show, they do a great job showing us the characters before meeting Jesus, and it helps us see what it is they are sacrificing in order to follow the Messiah. The ability to tell this story over the course of multiple seasons is such a strength for the show. The theme of that first season is clearly to show life before and life after meeting Jesus. There are so many people in the world that won't have a distinction between before and after Jesus. They might have a moment where they find him and he brings them comfort, but they haven't truly met him and they continue to live life in the same manner as before they knew him. For those of us that truly believe, those of us that have met Jesus, the ones that have a relationship with him, for people like that, their lives are like night and day. There's a feeling that comes over you that's almost impossible to explain and to fully grasp, but you know there is something different about you. Maybe that difference is the Holy Spirit now being with you, but it ultimately goes back to life before and life after Jesus. If you are able to meet him and to know him, are you going to embrace him and to follow him? Or are you going to let your mind deceive you? Are you going to allow the world that you live in with all of its temptations and distractions blind you from the truth? Are you going to be persuaded by Satan and his lies? I'm going to spoil one of the arcs within that first season of the show. Now, we know the names of the apostles, so it's not much of a spoiler, but still, I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for you. The two characters I'd like to talk about are Matthew the tax collector and Nicodemus the high priest. Matthew ends up becoming an apostle and would go on to write my favorite of the four gospels. That would be the gospel according to Matthew. See, told you I was going to spoil it. (laughs) The reason I want to talk about these two characters is because they both have encounters with Jesus and they end up reacting to meeting him differently. Now, Matthew is hated by his fellow Jews because he works for the Romans and he is a tax collector. Nicodemus is loved and respected by the Jews and has, you know, a position of prestige and prominence. Both men are portrayed as wealthy and living very comfortable lives. Both men are portrayed as very smart and very sensible men. The two of them end up being in a crowd when Jesus performs a miracle by curing a paralyzed man, and they each are rightfully amazed at what they just witnessed. The other respected members of Nicodemus' circle are threatened by Jesus and begin accusing him of blasphemy. Nicodemus identifies the man correctly as the Messiah, the Lamb of God, that he has been waiting for and wants to meet Jesus to help him confirm what he already believes. When they meet, Nicodemus is rightfully blown away with having a face to face meeting with the Son of Man. He is truly moved, and at that point, Jesus offers an invitation for Nicodemus to join him and his followers the next day before they leave for their mission. When the group gathers to leave, Nicodemus can't bring himself to give up his comfortable life to go with Jesus. It's sad and heartbreaking to watch because he does believe that Jesus is the Messiah yet he still can't walk away from the life that he's currently living. He's not willing to sacrifice his reputation or his comfortable bed in order to sleep in tents and be mocked and laughed at. On the other hand, Jesus simply looks at Matthew and just says, Follow me. And Matthew drops everything and goes. I get that the two depictions are nice and neat and fit perfectly for the story's sake. I also understand that most of us have a little bit of both of these reactions in us. There's a little more gray area there. Even with his most devoted followers while he was alive, they had their doubts. So of course, we'll struggle with that too. But the question remains, can you give up the path that you think is your path in order to follow his path? Seek and you shall find. Ask and you will receive. Follow and he will lead. All right. Let's jump into the rights and wrongs of the day today. Uh, What do we got on tap, Mr. Juice? All right. Leading things off. It looks like we are going to talk about this Joe Biden classified document handling story. Now, this one's been talked about, you know, going on two weeks now, week and a half. It is wild. And you see the leftist Democratic Party Democrat run media trying to run cover for this man. And it is incredible. We hear stuff from, from the worm, Adam Schiff, talking about, oh, well, President Biden, you know, he complied with the FBI's request. He fully turned over the documents. He worked with his lawyers, blah, 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 blah. It's all BS, people. We need to start waking up to this stuff. These people are morons. They really are. All these politicians, Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever. They're just normal jackasses like every one of us. They try and carry themselves with a little bit more prestige to them, and they think they're better than you. They turn their nose up, this, that, and the other thing, but they're just regular bums like the rest of us. They do stupid things like this. They try and take documents with them because they, they, whatever, they, they want some memorabilia or something. Who knows? I honestly, it, it probably isn't anything that's, shady or trying to sell information to the chinese i mean i wouldn't put it past the guy but it's probably just as simple as he put a document he put a binder with with something into like his notebook or whatever into his satchel when he left work one day and took it with him who knows i don't even care about that part because that's a whole nother ballpark to get into the classified document game i mean how many different things are classified we we have we have uh Bill Clinton's underwear classified or something, or, or we have, uh, you know, the hanky that, that FDR used classified, everything's classified out there. It's stored away with the arc from Raiders of the Lost Ark in that big warehouse being examined by top men right now as we speak. So I'm not really worried about that side of it. What bothers me the most is the timing of things and the coverage of things. So, Trump got raided, literally raided. Sirens on, knocking on his door, going into his wife's underwear drawer like they're Polly walnuts, looking at uh, Christopher's fiance's panties. You sniffed that girl's panties? He told you that? F-ing baby. Gotta apologize. Hey, I'm not apologizing. You out of line. He's gonna marry the girl, for Christ's sake. Yes, that is a Sopranos reference, and yes, that show is about 20 years old. Spare me. I'll try and update the analogies from now on. Maybe use a John Dutton one next time. But anyways. They come with the media outside, watching this all unfold back in August. Right before election season started. Remember the Democrats who moved election day into election season. So, you know, what was that, mid-August they raided Trump? People are getting their mail-in ballots to, to ship away in September. And, you know, Trump is corrupt. All these people running are Trump cronies. And they're going to ruin our democracy. And this, that, and the other thing. It was found three days, four days, whatever it was, before the election in November, that Biden did the exact same thing as Trump. Had documents in his place at Penn University, his think tank. There, sitting there, right in his office, found. And they kept it under wraps until January. Why? Why is that? Because there was an election. They didn't want the bad press right before that election. Yet, no problem about putting Trump on blast back in August before an election. Now, Biden does the exact same thing Actually, even worse, because Biden was the vice president at the time of this document mishandling, where Trump was the actual president with the authority to declassify whatever he wants. So it's not apples to apples, but I'll grant you the benefit of the doubt if you want to say it is. Why didn't we know about the Biden one until January? And obviously, it keeps keeps getting worse. Now we're finding stuff in his garage next to his Corvette. Just sitting there in a box, big, huge box labeled classified. Do not look. (laughs) That's the way I picture it, at least. But you know what I'm saying here. And it's just absurd. And the thing that frustrates me the most are the people out there that didn't vote for Trump because they said he's not presidential. He doesn't carry himself like a president should carry themselves. Oh. And that's just so BS because this guy's presidential. Uh, 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 But this guy, Mr. Biden, the one who tried to sing happy birthday to me this past week. Oh, yeah. If you didn't know, my my birthday was just the other day. Thirty eight years young now. This guy right here. And I think we have a clip of the the president trying to sing happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valentine. Happy birthday to you. You mean to tell me that dolt is presidential and carries himself with dignity? Happy birthday, dear Alan. Come on, man. It's just, when it's I mean, you think about it. Get out of here with that. I, 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 I'm not kidding. Listen, Jack, he's not presidential. I wrote the bill on the environment. And none of them are. The same people that sat there And and watched Bill Clinton disgrace his family, his wife, his daughter, and his secretary while being in office. Excused that away as no big deal. They want to tell you about a, a Republican's morality when it comes to the way they carry themselves or talk or handle themselves. Give me a break, people. It's an absolute joke. The sad thing is that the Democrats have just been able to tell you what you want to hear, make you believe that they're good people, because they lie. They're blatantly lying, and all politicians lie to an extent. But you mean to tell me you watched President Trump, and you don't think that that guy's just reacting to things naturally? I'd say 90% of the time he was. The worst moments he had is when he was trying to stay on script. Now, he might be brash. He might say stupid things. He might, you know, be unconventional. But he was honest. You knew what the guy thought. You knew where where you stood with him. And you knew how he felt about stuff. He wasn't just telling you what you wanted to hear. He wasn't just making you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And the way that they're covered and the way that people react to it is sickening. It's, you know, it's frustrating because... There's no thought in our heads. Like, we're just sheep that go along with it. And, you know, if you're the people like us, you're the people listening to this show, you're the people talking out against it. You're a fringe far right conspiracy theorist who, who's just talking nonsense. No, I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you how I really feel. And I'm sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry if that's not, you know, all rainbows and unicorns, but it is what it is a lot of the times. And kind of going back to, to the message from my monologue there, the truth is what, what matters and what counts. It doesn't matter. All the other stuff is all just window dressing. And that's why things like, um, you know, fighting for transgender nonsense being out of the schools. It's not because we want kids to feel bad about themselves. It's because we believe in the truth being important in telling the truth to people in having them accept the truth. I mean, that's, Literally, what what Jesus and God is all about is truth. It is. He is the truth. So don't get wrapped up in the talking points of the political party that you support and the polish of the, you know, or lack thereof in Biden's case, um, the politician that you that you listen to, because it's all BS. Let's see what they do in react to the stupid things that that they do equally and let's open our eyes to the way that it's covered, because that's the most important part out there. Next. Classified material. Next year Corvette, what were you thinking? This next story comes from uh, the NHL. They tried to host a one of these woke, you know, pride night events at their stadium, um, at their arena, I guess I should say. And one of their players, the defenseman, Ivan Provorov, he uh, refused to participate in that. Now, he's a, a Russian, so, of course, the left is probably going to paint him as a Putin apologist, but he, you know, didn't want to wear a jersey that had all the pride symbols on it in, in the warm-ups, and he didn't want to go around with a stick that was taped with rainbow colors on it, um, you know, again, as a pride night festival thing. So he simply opted to skip the warm-ups. And then, you know, when they played with their regular jerseys, their regular sticks... He uh you know rejoined his team and played that night. So of course the left has been going nuts over this story. Oh, what a bigot. How dare he? And the player he, he cited religious beliefs for not wanting to participate in the um, you know, in the pride celebration for the night. That of course got even more heat thrown in his direction because now he's just a religious zealot, homophobe, hiding behind religion. Blah, 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 blah. And it's my belief that he shouldn't have even used religion at all. He shouldn't have said it's his religious belief to sit out or religious reasoning. He doesn't need to provide a reason for that. You should be able to make the case without having to use religion and use that as your reason for not wanting to participate in an event that glorifies somebody's sexual desires or that affirms everybody's sexual desires. Wants and needs. How does that have anything to do with hockey or what's going on? You know, why are we as consumers, as players, as other people in the stands that night forced to affirm your desire to have sex with somebody? Nowhere else in the world should this happen or does this happen. Nobody goes around and makes you affirm my sexual desire for my wife or for anybody else that's in a heterosexual relationship. So why do we have to celebrate and affirm people's desires to have same-sex sex? It just doesn't make sense. And we've allowed it to get to this point where, you know, we just shrug our shoulders and it's normalized. And, you know, the few people who are brave enough to push back on it and stand up against it get demonized. Same way those players on the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and baseball got the same treatment when they didn't want to wear the patches on their jerseys. It's like, I know the point was made back then, and this is the same with the NHL, but it's like that old Seinfeld episode when Kramer doesn't want to wear the ribbon for the AIDS walk. Who does not want to wear the ribbon? And they go nuts over it. And it's like, his whole point was like, I just don't want to wear your stupid ribbon. I'm here. I raised money. I'm walking in the event. Why do I have to wear a ribbon to show everybody that I support, you know, trying to end AIDS? And, you know, they make it, obviously it's Seinfeld, they make it funny and it's a joke and stuff, but that's what this stuff is. Who does not dare to support the sexual desires of me? Who does not dare support the LGBTQ plus movement? You have to wear that jersey. You have to, you have to, you have to. Otherwise, you're a bigot, you're a zealot, you're a racist homophobe. It's crazy. Now... The thing that's so aggravating with this stuff is a lot of these topics, a lot of the issues that we do talk about, these social issues, the left tries to overcomplicate very simple basic things. They've tricked people into accepting the idea that who you have sex with is an entire movement, an entire culture, and a personality, when in reality, if you break this all down, it's just about the kind of sex you enjoy. And that, my friends, does not deserve to be celebrated. I'm sorry. It really doesn't. You have sex with whoever the hell you want to have sex with, but don't ask me to celebrate it and to promote it and to be happy about it. I could care less. And we would be a lot better off if most of us could care less about who each of us decides to have sex with. And it's just frustrating because. We've turned people, people's sexual desires into, like, a caricature of what that should mean. You know, if you're a gay man, like, how does that mean that all of a sudden you have to have these over-the-top characteristics and act a certain way and, you know, walk around where, like, everybody in the world knows that you're gay because of the way you present yourself? Who cares? Just be you. And that's all we need to do. We don't need to go around and force everybody else to give you a thumbs up because of the sexual choices you decide to make. And if you were really confident in who you are and what you do and and who you want to be, you wouldn't need other people to to pat you on the back for it and to tell you great job and to to praise you for it. It's a whole collection of people that are just insecure and need, you know, other people to congratulate them simply for having sex a particular way, and that's just so wrong. And to force other people into doing that, and to be mean and and just vile towards them online and stuff because they choose not to celebrate you is absurd. So that's what that whole story boiled down to, and you know, rightfully the right and conservatives are talking about it and trying to help people understand that what the left is asking of the rest of us is just over the top. We just need to be strong enough, brave enough in order to say that. And again, I can't reiterate enough. You don't need to just meekly try and say it's because of religion that you don't want to affirm their sexual desires. You know, that could be, your reasoning, of course, that definitely plays into my reasoning, but it's not the whole picture of the story, and it's not the only reason. And that's okay to say that too. I think people think that if they say religion, then that's going to give them an out, and clearly it doesn't, because they're still going to come after you. So I think it's it's definitely the onus is on us to be able to explain that it's not only a religious belief; it's also just a a human, you know, belief. It's a it's a dignity belief. It's a morality belief, like I just I don't think it's dignified to walk around in, in telling everybody who I enjoy having sex with and how I enjoy having sex. That's no, there's nothing dignified and, and nothing you should be proud of for that. So we need to push back on that aspect of it, too. Next? Hey, Cedric. Bob, this guy won't wear a ribbon. Who? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> All right. And this last one here is the uh, great meetings of the minds out there at the World Economic Forum. The old Klaus Schwab crew again, uh, John Kerry and Al Gore and all these, you know, important people out there in the world telling you that, you know, you have to use less energy, drive an electric car, eat the bugs while they sit there and hobnob in their little, you know, private getaway (laughs) <laughs> after all taking private jets to get there and uh, preach and bark to us about how the world's going to end and, you know, all this global warming nonsense. I'll be honest, I'm not an expert when it comes to this stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get tied down in that. That's definitely the truth box, neighborhood. He uh, he may or may not have a shirt with Klaus Schwab's face on it with a big, uh, does it have a big, like, X Over his face or something a circle with the line through it or just just a no underneath it Something like that, but it's great Anyways, the whole point on this one that that I just want to focus on is the fact that these people these elite people in society uh gather around They they you know all talk on 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 stage with a microphone Making themselves feel important telling you what you should be doing um, meanwhile, they don't practice what they preach they want to live their comfortable lives still they want to live you know with all the advantages that they have yet they want to control what the rest of us do and you know they they use all their scare tactics just in order for us to give up control and give them more control um you know covid was a great example of it and i believe that they even mentioned at one point that that was a good a good indicator of um How much how much power we would concede in times of, you know, emergencies, um, declared emergencies. So, you know, they did public health emergency and you couldn't question any of it. Right. They could shut down your job, shut down your small business, make you get these shots of injections of vaccines that you don't even know what the hell they are. All under the disguise of uh, public health emergency. So you better believe that these people that gather like that try to use this. Climate emergency, global climate nonsense emergency in order to take more control over your lives. You know, you can't that that story that floated about them. They're going to take away gas stoves because of the climate emergency. And that's the type of stuff they're going to try to pull. So we need to pay attention to this thing. Um, You know, the more ridicule and and mockery we can We can shine on them when they do gather like this and pull the clips of of the stupid stuff that they say. That stuff helps because people wake up to it. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who didn't even realize this was going on, don't really know what it is or or what is up with it, and just don't pay attention to it. And all of a sudden, at some point, it's going to be too late, and these people are going to have control of our lives, and it's not going to be fun. It's going to be fun for them, but not for us. And... Again, the whole theme, I like to try to keep the shows in a uh, particular theme and going back to the stuff at the beginning of the show where, um, you know, Jesus speaks the truth. And when he was alive, when he was, you know, going around preaching, that's what he did. And the people that were in control, the people in Nicodemus's world, the high priests of the time, the Romans of the time, the people who were at the head of society, they were threatened by that, and for a reason, because they had their spots. They had their spot in the high standing of everybody. They had their nice homes. They had their comfortable living. They had the respect of the people. They had influence and power. So, of course, they were going to try to hold on to it. Of course, somebody who called them out for their hypocrisy was going to be speaking blasphemy. Or, or someone who, who was too dangerous to allow to survive, right? And... That's what it's like these days. So it takes more of us. We we all need to, to wake up and speak and talk about it because that's the same type of stuff's going on today. They're the ones in control of society. They're in the places of power. They're in the places of influence. And it's all BS. They're hypocrites. They don't practice the same stuff they try to preach to us. And it's dangerous. And they don't have what our interests in mind. They have their own interests in mind. So... The more we wake up and realize that, the better all of us are going to be. Next. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll do it for the rights and wrongs of the week. Thank you so much for enjoying that stuff as usual. And uh, let's bring things home by shifting over to our come on, man, segment of the day. So oh, speaking of uh, people trying to control your lives by by the stuff they propagandize to us and present to us and put in front of us, let's uh let's take a look at what's going on in the late night television circuit. You know the old days of what was that Johnny Carson and You Are Correct, Sir? That whole stuff. Um, you know they definitely don't have as much power and influence over us as they used to, like in those days, or even the uh, Letterman and Leno days, I guess. But Believe it or not, people still watch this stuff for some reason, and uh let's let's go visit Mr. Jimmy Fallon, who I typically don't mind uh you know I, I find him to be a little funny and stuff he's doesn't bother me, but he recently did a little skit on his show where he uh was talking about a new variant of Covid, and this one's tough to listen to and to watch, so I apologize, but uh, you know we have to do it, so juice, you got that um awkward, terrible Fallon clip for us? All right, cool. Let's take it away. Guys, I read about a new COVID variant that, is some people worried, it's called XBB.1.5. I guess I couldn't think of a catchier name. And it actually inspired me to write a tiny song. It's... There was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next, This latest variant might be the best It's XBB.1.5 Another brand of COVID-19 has arrived It's a new strain, but it isn't the same Sounds more like Elon Musk's name It's XBB.1.5 Not UB-40 who sings Red Red Wine put on your mask when you're inside a facility. It could be a robot from a Star Wars trilogy. It's XCB point point Not OMG or MP3 or TCBY or an eye chart made by a really high guy. Sounds like the password of your parents Wi-Fi. It's XCB point Yeah, uh, that was bad. Um, I mean, I guess for a, you know, worldwide pandemic, deadly disease, that's the most um, threatening thing that we've seen since, you know, polio or um, the Spanish flu. Oh, I'm sorry. The um, flu from um, originated from another country back in the 1900s um, that we can't identify as any particular kind of flu Um, or the Chinese coronavirus. Let's just mock it now because it, you know, is the deadliest thing we've ever seen. So let's make funny little song skits about it when it just continues to produce different variants. And, you know, we have to walk around triple masked because of it. But our late night hosts can go around and, you know, mock it and make jokes after trying to guilt trip you into taking this thing super serious, deadly serious for the last 15 days to slow the spread. Now they can get up there and mock it because, um, you know, we've all realized how ridiculous this whole thing is. So they're going to try to turn the tide and flip back around and, and, you know, play both sides of the fence here. Absolutely absurd, Mr. Fallon. And if you're going to make a joke about it and make a little stupid song about it, at least have it be funny. Makes sense. That sounded like a little Wayne rap right there. Bunch of words that could possibly rhyme that have no story or meaning or point to them. And, of course, insert the old Elon Musk joke. You have to do that nowadays because he's public enemy number one for these people. Um, so definitely made sure they got that in there. And then, um, you know, other than that, not really sure what they brought to the table. That was pathetic for you and me. It was not funny. a tee hee hee oh my goodness, what a joke, and not in the good way, not the kind of joke he thought it was going to be, but I guess I can't state that enough and kind of circle back to my original rambly point there at the beginning was, you know, these people are the same people that tried to convince you and me out there for the last two plus years that this thing was the most deadly world pandemic that we've seen in you know, a hundred years, and that we have to slow the spread and take it serious and, you know, shut down our jobs for it, shut down our children's lives over it. But now it's the year 2023. We realize that the science, Fauci's science was wrong. The conspiracy theorists were right. So now it's okay to diminish the COVID pandemic. Now it's okay to diminish COVID in general and to just mock it and laugh at it, to brush it off as just another crazy weird named variant like most of us tried to do, you know, at about day 20 of the 15 days to slow the spread. Now everyone else is, you know, these late night hosts, these media propagandists are coming around to our side of, 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 the argument now is that what they're doing I mean I thought those shows were supposed to be funny and topical and stuff and they've turned into just being political activism out there on stage and um you know trying to talk at their audience instead of connecting with their audience and it's no wonder why nobody really pays attention to that stuff anymore i don't know what their viewership is but It can't be strong. I mean, honestly, ask people in your life, is there anybody in your circle that you know that actually watches these shows anymore? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? No, I didn't think so. So, again, go back to one of my favorite questions that I like to ask around here. What are we doing with this stuff, people? I mean, Jimmy go back to trying to do skits where you're trying to keep a straight face and you're laughing through them. Cause that was, that was when you were at your height, you know, when you were on SNL doing an impression here and there, um, pretty good. But your best stuff was when you were trying not to break character and you were giggling at your, at your buddies up there who were uh, doing other funny stuff. So, um, you know, the catchy little jingle about COVID, not one of your strongest bits, my friend. So for that, Mr. Jimmy Fallon, you, my friend, have earned yourself one big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for today. Once again, I would like to remind you guys to please subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. And um, tell all your friends about us. Because we're here, baby. And we're not going anywhere. So come on back next week. And I guess uh, today I have nothing else to say to you guys except thanks for having me. and wrong show is produced by juice executive producer juice audio mixer is juice hair by skull shavers wardrobe and makeup by ashley Ruka. right and wrong song created by juice the right and wrong show is copyright 2022 from brian Ruka.